Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. A word of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I'm your host, Anna Garcia. We are recording this on Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Our guest today is Lance A. Clark, who is a criminal defense attorney and a civil rights attorney based in New York, a friend of the show. Lance, welcome back. Great to be back. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year. I know it's too late to say that, but I haven't seen you since last year, so we're so happy you're back. You can say it as long as you're happy saying it. Ah, thank you. Well, actually, yesterday was the Lunar New Year, so I think I'm still okay. There we go. There we go. Count the loophole. That's what this whole show is about. (laughs) (laughs) I love your attitude, Lance. Well, we've got some insane cases this week, as usual, and um, can't wait to hear all of your thoughts on this. Yes, yours, Lance, and also everybody (laughs) listening and watching. So here's what we've got going on. We've got an out-of-control road rage road rage shooting that happened during morning rush hour on I-95 in Miami. Okay. Can you imagine this? All right. It was all recorded on the driver's dashboard camera. And thank goodness for that, because it really tells us what really happened, even though there are still many questions about this. Now, this shocking video has been released. You may have seen it. Um, Many new developments are happening. And this is an incident that actually happened last summer, but the video's just been released. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, can you imagine the guy is driving, has one hand on the wheel, and with the other hand, he's shooting out of his car. Lance, can't make it up. It's like a movie. It's like a movie. You know, I would say the last few years has been sort of like a bad movie, but you know, that's life. Yes, it is life. And this is a snippet of life Mm -hmm. on a highway in Miami. But first, a tangled mess of what appears to be an ambush and carjacking that was all hatched on social media to lure in unsuspecting men who thought that they were meeting a pretty woman but instead they were about to get jumped and carjacked and held up. So what ends up happening, the scheme of course goes terribly wrong and the brother of one of these victims 
ends up getting killed in the middle of, of this insanity. It happened in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, at the center of this case is a woman who's 18 years old. Her name is Annabella Dukes. God, I love that name. It's a nice name. Oh, it's a nice name. It's a good name. It's a good Horrible name. crime, nice name. Yes, yes. She and her 17-year-old alleged accomplice, Adrian Avila, are both in jail right now. They're charged with murder. They've been arrested, even though, like I said, this crime happened a year ago. The victim here is 24-year-old Elias Otero. Elias was killed trying to save his brother from the clutches of Anna and Adrian, according to police. The murder took place on February 11th of 2021, and police say it was all part of this elaborate plot to lure in men using Annabella. And if you were going to put up a picture of her, she's beautiful. So you could see why lots of guys would be more than willing to meet her at 2 a.m. in the morning when, like, nothing else should be going on in Albuquerque, right? Well, we should give a disclaimer. Super Bowl is coming up. So all these guys in L.A., watch out for similar things. This is not a one-off thing. This thing has happened. It's probably happening right now as we speak where people use social media to lure, to lure people in. And then next thing you know, you know, they get catfished and robbed. And I think what we're discussing today is the worst case scenario, you know, that can occur. You think that you're going to meet a pretty young woman. Next thing you know, you have guns in your face and then your brother dies trying to protect you. That's, you know, it's horrible. It is. It's absolutely horrible. Now, Lance, I believe in order to truly understand what went wrong, we kind of have to look at what the alleged scheme was and how it was supposed to work to understand what went so terribly wrong here. So police say that they use social media, specifically Snapchat, for for this scheme of theirs. Police say that Anna and Adrian were working together. They say that Anna had been flirting and messaging a young man named Nicholas. Now, remember, it's his brother that's going to end up dead here. And according to police, Anna lures Nicholas out to meet her at a place called Alvarado Park. The plan, say police, was for Anna and her real boyfriend, Adrian, the guy who's charged, um, to jump Nicholas, take his car, hold him up, and try and get money from him. Okay, so that's what the plan is. So, Nicholas falls for it. He's going to go meet her at 2 a.m. on February 11th. Nicholas picks up Anna at her home, according to police, and they drive in his Lexus. Now, that's, see, here we go. This is the thing. They want to take his car. So, Nicholas who survives this, this insanity. He's the one who's telling us what happened. He tells police that he became suspicious because Anna starts asking him, do you have a gun? Do you have any money? That's a nice necklace. How much is that worth? And then Nicholas tells police he notices that Anna is surreptitiously calling someone on her phone who's listening in. So the theory is that Anna called Adrian and he's listening about is there a gun? How much money is there? Blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, this is, they're only 17 and 18 years old, Lance. No, it's a shame. Uh, they ruined their life and ruined the lives of a family and took the life of someone for something that was just unnecessary and careless. And I wish this was a one-off thing, but, you know, as I stated earlier, these things happen all the time, whether it's Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I see, it seems to be that's the new mode used, which is social uh, social media, to lure 
unsuspected you know, men and sometimes women as well into these traps that are usually just a guise to rob them. Yeah. And, you know, I guess if you're a guy and you're looking at Annabella and her giant fake eyelashes and, you know, <laughs> she's a pretty thing, you're like, oh, nothing bad's going to happen here. And I might actually, you know, meet a pretty girl. So let's get back to the plot. So at this point, Nicholas tells police he's really very suspicious of what's going on. And he's telling Annabella, I want out of here. You know, something's going on. But before he can, like, get her either back to her house, another car arrives and at least two armed suspects jump out of the car. And before Nicholas knows it, according to police, he's got guns to his head. And this this date has changed significantly. (laughs) So now they want to know, okay, Nicholas, where's your money? Um, What's going on? So according to police, um, Nicholas drives to his brother's house. This is Elias's house. Drives to his brother's house. And this is where it gets a little murky. But according to police, the, uh, the, the schemers, attackers, assailants, suspects, whatever you want to call them, they tell the brother, Elias, who's a former probation, excuse me, corrections officer, that uh, we'll give you your brother back if you give us $1,000. Which is insane, right? You just threw your life away for $1,000. That, that's the number that, that has to be split up by at least three people, right? Because it was two, you know, the, the assailants and the, the girl. So you're thinking $333 you just threw your whole life and took a life away for this is insane. So Elias goes back into the house. Elias does not come out with the money. Instead, he comes out with a gun. And that's when everything changes, say police. Apparently, when he came out and had the gun, police claim that Adrian then shot Elias before Elias could, you know, fire off around anybody. And he ends up dying in front of his own home. Yeah. So Anna, Adrian, and this unnamed suspect who remains unnamed, my guess is they are cooperating, at least one or two unnamed suspects here. They take off. Elias is dead. Nicholas, of course, is feeling horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is all his fault. Um, And for the longest time, everybody was on the run. And so police then uh, started going through um, several things like Anna's Snapchat account. And they claimed that they were able to ping her phone and trace it from the park to her house to Elias's house. And so they were able to kind of get a grid that shows that they were all traveling at that time and place. Here's what's also interesting. Police say earlier that same night, they got a report. of someone else, right? That, yeah, that they tried this on someone else. I think the more interesting part of this is uh, it took a year with all of the with all of the technical, you know, developments that they had a year for them to figure this out when they had the brother who can say I went to this Snapchat profile. This was the text message exchange. You know, your cell phone would have pinged you at a tower at her house. They, so they would have, if he picked her up from her home, then the officers would have had that information that that was her home. So how are you going to run, you know, for a year? They would have had the, they would have been able to get the, a warrant for her phone and possibly all the other phones that, you know, were involved in this. So the fact that it took a year, 
Look, I don't know how what the backlog was. I don't know what the what the hierarchy was and preference of, of solving this. But a year seems a bit, a bit, a bit much to, you know, with, with evidence that's readily available to you. If the if both brothers had died, they had to start from scratch, you know. Right. But they had the brother saying, no, I spoke to this person at this number, went to this address. We went to this location and this is their Snapchat profile. What more do you need? Exactly. And apparently Nicholas said that, you know, when um, Anna took off with the others, that she then texted Nicholas asking him if she had the balls to ask him if he was OK when his brother is dead. Hey, on I'm not, but my, I am, but my brother isn't, you know, and, 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 and even that you didn't show that message to the police. The police didn't see that message. They didn't make a a, a, a call. It's called, um, the, the, you know, you normally the officers or the detectives will have you make a pre. Um, oh, one of those oh, calls. It, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's and a I do too, and I do it all the time, and it, it's just escaping <laughs> my memory right now. But um, yeah, so it's a call where he could have called her back. Listen, we have to talk about this. Where can I meet you now? And they could have, you know, converged on her and got her there. So the fact that it took a year is a bit mind boggling to me. Yeah, it really is. And again, let's not forget, there was another case that evening where the man claimed that he was set up by a woman on Snapchat and that two men robbed him in the same park, yeah. Alvarado Park. Yeah. So um, we may not know what has, why it took so long, but ultimately I, I do have a feeling I'm not, you know, defending anyone here because when justice is delayed in my in my feeling, you know, it is to a degree denied when it is delayed like that. Yeah. Um, but there may have been some other things going on. And I will say this, that one of the biggest challenges that investigators face when dealing with social media accounts and phones is sometimes the social media companies themselves in cooperating. Oh, no, please. You know, look, I, I practice federal court all the time. I get terabytes worth of information on almost every single case of Facebook and Instagram. You know, we're, we live in an era where people are just confidential informants on themselves because all you do is post these things on social media, you know, proclaim, you know, bragging about the crime that they committed, showing the proceeds of the legal enterprise and then make it easier for the federal authorities or any local authorities to, you know, to come. So the fact that in this specific instance, that, wealth of knowledge and information that that's usually at the FBI's disposal wasn't made good until a year, you know, who am I? I'm not, what do I know? You're Lance. Well, at least we can say now that the two of them are behind bars. They have been charged with murder, kidnapping, two counts of armed robbery with a deadly weapon, tampering with evidence, conspiracy to commit first degree murder. Adrian, who is 17, has been charged as an adult. He is accused of being the shooter in this case. Uh. Annabella Dukes is being held without bond. Oh, and get this, Lance. Sometimes, sometimes karma, karma really is a bitch. She's being held in the jail. Yeah, yeah. Where he was Julius hurt. used to work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, at least she's being held in a jail and not six feet under. So, I mean, maybe it's karma. Who knows? But it's unfortunate, you know, and before these, these people are all young, which means they their brains probably haven't developed into the way an adult should be to stop and think about these things before you do it. And I always say, look, go sit in your bathroom for a day. Just 
Just go sit in your bathroom for a day. If you could sit in your bathroom by yourself for a day, then may, all right, and you want to go commit that crime, do what you think you got to do. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to do that same thing for 20 years. But think about it. If you can't sit in that bathroom for one day by yourself, think twice before you go out there and take another man's life. Because what's the point? There is no point. In this case, there is absolutely a no thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Look, ten thousand would have been bad. A hundred thousand still bad. Do I get it? I, I don't get it. But it's a hundred thousand dollars in this climate. Maybe that makes people do weird, rash things. Unless it's a thousand dollars per person, and if there was one other person that they allegedly may have robbed earlier that day or the day before, who knows how many times they're out there doing this thing. Well, obviously this was going to get old really fast when everybody started calling the police and they weren't changing their MO. They they're, they're, they have entered pleas of not guilty and so far they are being held. We'll watch this case. Now, before we move on to our next case, though, we have a quick word from our sponsor. Tired of those trips to the grocery store and then getting home and realizing that you forgot just one thing and you need to make dinner? Well, it is time to check out HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. Warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue or misu sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. Now, I really enjoyed my HelloFresh box. I can tell you that the produce was just beautiful. The potatoes, the carrots, the giant peppers, and I got pork, chicken, and beef, plus spaghetti, and then all of the seasoning to make everything, plus the recipes, although I kind of did my own, my own thing with some of the recipes. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TCD16 and use code TCD16, that's for True Crime Daily, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash TCD16. Don't forget to use that code TCD16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Our next case is nothing short of unbelievable. And honestly, if there weren't video of it, I don't know to what degree what I would believe happened that morning on the highway in Miami, Lance. It's crazy, crazy. So this dash cam video shows a driver in Miami pulling out a gun, shooting out his car to another car while they are driving on the highway The video is incredible. It's gone viral. Now, the incident happened back in June, but the video's just been released. And and this amazing piece of video, I mean, it really captures everything, including the violence, the Uh fact that a, a million things could have gone wrong. And what is shocking to me, no one was injured. Not no one was injured. I'm not even talking about being killed. No one's been injured. It's shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's rush hour. It's morning rush hour. There are people everywhere. Okay, so what you can see in this dash cam video is that the driver is getting agitated. And then there are videos since this happened that police have managed to get from other sources. Um, Truck drivers, you know, cameras that were on the highway. So the fact is now they have what happened inside the car, what was happening around it, which is very important. And it clearly shows that you have two drivers 
in a situation that is escalating. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem with road rage. You know, you don't know what the yeah. other driver is going to do. Yep. Yeah. Which can, you know, you can interpret that many ways as well. So we're going to play the video for you. For those of you who are just listening, we will describe what it captures. The video was released to a Miami talk show host, Andy Slater, and then it was released to all other news organizations. Also, last night, the driver in this case, the person who is the shooter in this case, Eric Popper, he did an exclusive interview with WPLG TV in Miami, and we're going to play some clips because we have not really heard from him. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important. We see him. Now we need to know what was he thinking, right? Yeah. Um, let's, let's set up the morning, Lance. It's 6.55 a.m. on a Monday morning in June. June it's 29. sunny in Florida. What do you got to be upset about? This is not like this is New York weather and it's 10 degrees and snowy, but I digress. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 30 year old Eric Popper, he's the guy who has the dash cam video. Now he originally says that someone was tailgating him and that this car came up next to him. And he said that he thought he had been shot at. What ends up happening is that the other driver threw a water bottle at him. So that water bottle is what Eric Popper says he took it as a form of aggression, not knowing that it was that he thought it was a gun. You're already rolling your eyes over there. Listen, when you have a gun and you're ready to use it, I guess anything sounds like a gunshot and that gives you the justification. You know, a lot of this and is this American culture with John Wayne, big guns, everyone is fascinated with firearms and it's it's unfortunate. It really, really is unfortunate because in this situation, yes, we're blessed that no one was hurt, not even the driver himself. But how many instances do we have this? You know, you have people that create these problems and then use deadly force as a justification because they created the problem. Then they use deadly force to say they were defending themselves when the person who they're defending themselves against is only defending themselves against the problem that the initial aggressor started. It happened here. It happened with Trayvon. It, it's this culture of, you know, let me just shoot first, ask questions last. So what's, what's very important here is, and this is going to have to be determined, is because there are, even though there are videos, there's still some questions about who did what when. So according to the police report, the police report says that Eric Popper, the guy with the gun, changed lanes and cut another driver off. That driver, he was in a Camry, and his name is Renee Suarez. That driver then ends up, right, because if, if Eric allegedly cuts him off, mm -hmm. then the other driver is behind him tailgating. Eric Popper claims the guy's now tailgating him on his bumper and he's feeling threatened the guy is honking so the question is who's the aggressor here well the one that went for their gun um immediately because if you look at that video he is already going into the middle console very calm and collected you know look i've seen video cam of people going for their gun when they are in threat of their life it's very hard to establish that you were in fear for your life and you very calm, very collectively are going into your middle console, you're pulling out your weapon. And then it wasn't until the car came behind, uh, adjacent, to the side. Yeah, adjacent to him, the, the gun was already out. 
the gun was already in his hand. So where was this whole, I heard the gunshot when it really was a bottle of water? That didn't happen until the gun was already in your hand when you calmly put it in there when you were driving in the dash cam video that you presented to the authorities. It's unbelievable when you consider that, according to police, they're going 60 miles an hour, right? That this is happening at 60 miles an hour. So and one it, hand you're driving with 60 miles an hour, and the other hand you're just calmly getting that gun. In fear for your life, calmly getting that gun. You didn't exit the highway. You didn't pull over to a shoulder lane. You didn't do anything. You just The first thing you did was reach for that gun. You didn't call 911. You didn't do anything. You just reached for that gun. And then you're driving, gun in your hand, and a bottle of water to you sounds like a gunshot that justifies all of those bullets that you let ring out on a 7 a.m. morning in a busy American city on a highway. There is depraved indifference for the surrounding people who are driving, let alone the person who you believe, if you believe, honestly, that this person, you know, was really trying to end your life. What about all the other people? What if you missed? What if the bullet- Oh my the, God. People taking their kids to school. You know, people going to hospital appointments, people just living their life. It's it, we're, we're going to show you this video because over these three minutes, this whole dangerous situation unfolds. And what to me is unbelievable is that moment when Eric starts shooting because he first he remember he's driving so he's got one hand on the wheel he's got the other hand he's got the gun he first shoots this is what the video shows he first shoots through his passenger's side window and the glass is shattering to the point where it becomes opaque so you can't even see through it he fires 11 times and he's going forward he goes, starts at the side and goes forward toward his windshield. All I can think of is how can you even see what you're shooting at once that glass shatters to the point, but stays intact. I mm -hmm. mean, you can't, you can't see anything. You can't hey, see anything. It, it, I'm surprised that the windshield didn't shatter on him when he was driving the car between the, the, the rate of speed that you're going, the bullets going, you know, hitting the windshield. It, it really, it, this is one of those, freak accidents for lack of better terms, not actually one of these freak occurrences for lack of better terms, where you get out of it and you're saying, wow, no, no one crashed. No one got shot. No, no one got hurt. No one died. Just all right. And Still doesn't mean something happened that wasn't wrong, but it's a miracle no one was hurt or injured. It it really is when you consider eleven rounds. One car and the other. I mean, you look at the cars. What's shocking to me is that they did pull over after the shooting and they contacted the Florida State Troopers and they all parties met and, and they, you know, got the information. Florida. What was that conversation like? What was that conversation? Yes. You just shot at me. My bad. <laughs> She's like, 
<laughs> what happened there? Did you shoot at me? No, I threw you a water bottle. Oh, man, uh, I didn't know. What'd you do that for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that, look, I don't know how this spiraled into law enforcement uh, being called. Maybe it was the driver who was shot at that said we should call the police. You would hope it's not the driver. Oh, he called. Eric called 911. He, after the shooting, you can see on the dash cam, he calls 911. He says, my life was threatened and I had to shoot back. I was threatened. My life was in danger, you know, and I shot. And it's, But here's the thing, Lance. When they do finally pull over after the shooting's over and they're talking to the state troopers and the state troopers get all their information... This, to me, is the most shocking part of it. Oh, or I'm just surprised. The troopers let him go. He got two cars all shot up. It's like, okay, guys. Like, it's all a good. nice day. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Don't worry it's about good. it. No. Meanwhile, look, Plaxico shot himself by accident. You know, there wasn't nobody letting that go. You know, they were booked immediately. Look, a lot of these th I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's Florida. You know, it's you know, I listen, to breakfast, I, I listen to the Breakfast Club in the morning. I remember Sh and Charlemagne the God always says some of the craziest people in the country live in Florida. No offense to the Florida viewers. But Florida, there's always these weird things that occur. And you stop and think, all right, so someone shot out of a window 11 times in traffic at 60 miles an hour. Nobody was shot. Then they stop the car, have a conversation about, oh, my bad, I shot at you. Yeah, I could have died. Ouch. Please come. And eh, no harm, no foul. You guys go. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up with this later. What, what, I, really? I mean, okay. not even taking them in for further questioning when you've just had a road rage shootout on I-95 in Miami in morning traffic? <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this up. No, no. Okay. So, again... We are grateful that no one is hurt. Yes. But now it is time to hear from Eric Popper. He did this exclusive interview with WPLG in Miami. And he says that he was under attack, that he is the one who was being pursued, and that he thought for sure that he was going to be killed. Listen for yourself. I was pursued and attacked on my way to work. I was in fear of my life, 100,000%. Thought I was going to be shot probably killed, and I hear a very loud noise, which I've heard gunshots before, and that to me sounded like a gunshot. I did not want to wait to see if I was going to be killed. I always tell my children, you know, if you drop a plate on the floor and it breaks, it was an accident, but that does nothing to fix the plate. You know, whether you honestly believe that this thing was happening, but you had no good faith basis for that belief, but you did believe that, you know, it is what it is. The law is the law. You shouldn't, you know, no one is usually able to get off by saying I had good intentions. You know, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. So no matter, in my opinion, the way you look at this, one, I, I, I don't think the video shows someone that was in fear for their life. That's just my objective opinion. I wasn't there. Um, I do think the way that the gun was calmly taken out of the middle console. And if someone was following you to call the police, if you thought someone was having a gun, you maybe you would have called the police. But the gun was already in his hand in anticipation of what he probably believed would, would happen, that someone had a gun. So if he already has a gun in his hand because he thinks that someone is going to come up and shoot him in traffic, then you hear a water bottle hit your car. Then you automatically relate that water bottle to a gunshot, maybe because you have a gun in your hand while you're driving 60 miles an hour. And then that's why you start shooting the shot. That's not OK. That's not OK. I'm not saying you should wait to get shot. I'm saying that you should be a little bit more careful with this. And 
you were wrong. It's not okay. And we don't want citizens thinking, oh, somebody might shoot me. Let me get my gun and just start airing out the car and see what happens after that. It, it of course, could have been far more serious. My, What I keep going back to is if the police report is accurate and Eric is the one who literally caused this whole situation by cutting off the other driver who got angry for being cut off, if that's true. Now, the other driver could have shown self-control and not have allegedly tailgated and pulled up and thrown a water bottle, right? Wasn't so- he getting brake checked? Wasn't the other driver getting brake checked? Where yes, the- that's so- what he claims. Yeah, so <laughs> like, what happens? So you... It's road rage. It's crazy. And then you escalate it to pulling out a gun, you know, not that you if you pull the gun out to show the person I have a gun, that's still wrong. That's still wrong. But there's levels before you get to let me start shooting. Yes. From a driving from a moving vehicle to another moving vehicle on a morning free. It's it's really it's really is something Um, now. What's important here is that, you know, Popper did turn over this dash cam video uh, to the authorities. Like, they they both cooperated, which is very important. You know, we want to be clear here. Um, Eric Popper has been charged with felony aggravated assault with a firearm and firing a deadly missile. I didn't even know there was such a charge. A missile. (laughs) He's been released, obviously. Um, His attorney has said the entire time. And he was on that interview with WPLG last night um, saying that he truly did fear for his life and believed that the other other driver had a gun, too. Um, And that once again, the key words here are self-defense. And Eric Popper has used those words in that description of his situation and his perception from the moment he called 911. And in Florida... That's going to be key with stand your ground laws. Depending on who you are. I, I honestly believe it depends on who you are, that you're entitled to that self-defense of uh, stand your ground defense. And you're entitled to even make the, the, the allegations of self-defense, because in order for it to be self-defense, objectively, we would all have to agree that this is something that a reasonable person would feel that they were in fear for their life. We've all been in road rage. We've all been in traffic. At what point did you feel that you were in fear for your life, where you had to pull out a gun and unload that clip inside of a moving vehicle or in traffic? That, in my opinion, that's just not realistic. And I think it's unfortunate that not all of us in this country are allowed to use stand your ground or are not allowed to use you know self-defense i I believe this is just another instance where someone creates the problem themselves and then responds to the problem they created with deadly force and then says whoa it was self-defense i was standing my ground well maybe if you weren't on that ground to begin with you wouldn't have to stand your ground this was your problem that you created. You don't intend, you, you don't get to create the problem and then escalate the way the problem is being solved. So Popper used to work for the Miami Beach Fire Department as a civilian fire inspector. He said after this happened that he was forced to resign, that his life has been radically changed by this. I would think so. I would think this should be a life-changing wake-up call woe, at the very least. Woe is me. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Well, we also want to make sure that uh, we mention that the other driver has also been charged. The other driver has been charged with criminal mischief 
for allegedly throwing the water bottle at Eric Popper's car. All right, fair. But then he should have been charged with attempted murder for letting off that gun in the middle of traffic. I get it. Fine. You know what? I charged me for what I did. I threw a water bottle. But what that other guy did, how does that relate? Just because you were wrong doesn't is not a defense. Just because what does that mean? Somebody threw a bottle of water in my face. Oh, my God. I think it's acid. It gives me a right to stab you to death. Where where does it's a slippery slope? Well, we also want to clarify another question that many people have been asking. So what was the gun? Uh, he and his attorney, Eric Popper, and his attorney say that he had a license to carry. And that's probably obvious by the fact he hasn't been charged with any weapons, specific weapons violations charges. So I can't wait to hear everybody's opinion on this because it's it just brings up so many emotions. I was telling Owen yesterday, I was emailing him. I was driving on the Hollywood freeway and I was smack in the middle of a road rage situation between get this, a brand new Bentley and a Dodge. And I'm like, dude, the Dodge, the Dodge is going to get you. What are you doing in the Bentley? Of course, only in LA would you have road rage between a Bentley and a Dodge. But I swear to you, they, both of them were like right in front of me. And I'm like, holding onto the steering wheel. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. But did anybody shoot each other? No. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to acknowledge and honor, because we cannot say the word celebrate, the 26th anniversary of the case that is responsible for the Amber Alert. The Amber Alert, which we all know, We may not remember what it stands for. We may not know the history of it because it's that old, 26 years. AMBER stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. It's named after a little girl named Amber Hagerman, nine years old, who disappeared while riding her bicycle on January 13th, 1996, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And a few days later, Amber's body was found in a creek bed. In Arlington, because Amber's family rallied they changed the law and they created this alert and this warning system to notify the public that a child had been taken they did this out of their own sadness and their own tragedy and trauma as a result of the amber alert this to me is unbelievable more than a thousand children's lives have been saved over these 26 years because of that warning system that lets all of us when we're driving or on our cell phone to watch out for this car and this child and that and this is a blessing that they have given to all of us, which is unbelievable. But I have to say that for me, the reason I wanted to just remind everyone, one, it's the anniversary, but that little girl's murder is unsolved. Her killer has never been found. And this is the perfect time for a call to call, call to action. Yeah. You know, and they police say that at this time of year, because of the anniversary, they get thousands of tips. They've had 7,000 tips on this case, and they can't solve it. So I just want to remind everyone that that little girl's killer is still out there. And if you know anything or can help, please contact the police. The little bit that we know is that the abductor could be a white or Hispanic male in his 20s or 30s. At the time, he was driving a black single-cab pickup truck with a clear, clear rear window. There were no chrome There was no damage. So if you know anything and you can help solve this case, we would really appreciate it because I think we all owe it to Amber and her family to help. 
Okay, it is now time for our comment section. These are the crime stories you all are talking about on social media, and our producer Owen Michael is here with what y'all are talking about. Hi, Hi. Owen. Hello. Hello, Anna. Hello, Lance. Hey. Um, I have kind of a continuation of the road rage uh, story here and sort of a sign of the times. You may have seen this. Police are investigating after a massive fight broke out at a Golden Corral restaurant in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania on Friday. Apparently, it all started with an argument over steak. Of course, someone recorded this whole four-minute-long ordeal on their phone. You may have seen this online already. Uh, it's pretty wild. It starts as customers gathered and clustered at a buffet line. Uh, then there's some pushing and shoving. It escalates to tables and high chairs are being thrown back and forth across the room. Um, it was a very uh, chaotic melee. Some minor injuries were reported, but nothing major. Uh, one witness said there was a shortage of steak and two parties were involved and one family cut in front of the other. They were, they were taking their time. Then they ran out of steak and it got into a heated exchange at the tables. One witness said uh, the one of the customers who was involved said the cook is trying to understand what you want and give you what you want. I had a rare steak, which is a lot faster to cook than a well done steak. That's why I got my steak first. It's all over steak. Um, as many as 40 people were involved in this thing. And of course, uh, we put up a couple of stills on this. Um, no arrests have been announced. Brittany C says, sounds like a big mistake. Oh, boy. Apologies. Um, Jeanette C says, this is what happens when they make you wait until 4 p.m. to get steak. Mm. Um, Meredith I <laughs> said, they behaved like very small children, except I've seen little children handled better than those adults did. And uh, KJ said, this would never have happened at Sizzler. <laughs> Sizzler and Golden Corral, of course. Tara S says, the end of humanity duking it out at a Golden Corral over a well-done Salisbury freezer steak. Christy C says, thanks for the juicy details. Well done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Really, no good could come of this. When you start flipping, you know, a high chair, that's it. Game over, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, Yes, there is no good that can come out of football. I, I was thinking of, you know, when my children do it, but it's still no good when that happens. So, yeah. no, no. Oh people shooting, shooting back and forth on the freeways and people brawling in buffet lines. Uh, you know, it's uh, anything to get on video these days. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a bad sign of the times. It's a lack of concern for common courtesy and decency. I think sometimes people have to remember it's not about your individual needs and wants and expectations. It's about the community you know, as a whole. So I think when these things happen, it's offensive to regular stand-up people yeah. who put the needs of society before themselves, because if there wasn't a society, there wouldn't be an individual. Kindness is a, kindness is a increasingly rare in public forums these days. Let's, uh, let's bring that back. Let's bring it back into fashion, shall we? 2022, baby. We night, we're going to be nice all year for 2022. <laughs> we got time. All right. Okay. Well, Owen, we're not going to let you go yet. Because we've got to share some what I call very sad news for us, but great news for you. Our Owen is leaving us. Now, Owen, Owen actually started this podcast. You were the original host. You and Billy Jensen started this podcast. That's right. And um, Owen, I'm going to miss you terribly because you and I started working together at Crime Watch Daily, the TV show. So we've been working together a long time. And yeah. That's okay. true. That's the uh, this podcast kind of comes directly from the, the show itself. And yes, Billy and I started the thing and then uh, you came aboard. Uh, this is also marking your anniversary this month. 
or in this particular time frame. And yeah, so uh, we I, had some transition there. So, well, uh, the reason I came, I came two years ago, is because Owen was going to leave then. We're like the mob. I always say we're like the crime family. You, you just know, when you think you're out. <laughs> we pull you back in. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's why I, I met someone who didn't know that line. I'm like, what world have you been living on? <laughs> we're here to bring it back. So, Remember, yeah, it's not necessarily farewell. It's just goodbye for now. Just goodbye for now. Well, I'm going to miss you, Owen, because we've worked together for a long time. And um, so I'm sad to see you go. But uh, I know that your plans were delayed by the forces over the last two some years. Some stuff happened over the last, you know, who, yeah. some, a bunch like of random what? stuff. You, you guys, I don't want to bore you with all that. But uh, exactly. yeah. yeah, things change. I'm just looking for in 30, 40 years. What are they going to say about this time period in our life? That's going to be interesting. Owen, I, I want you to do our, um, I, I'll do some of the goodbyes, but I want Surely. to remind everyone that not only that you started this podcast, but that you coined our goodbye phrase, which, of course, you always say, I, like, changed it slightly. As you should. Right? As, <laughs> the don't do crime, right? So you say it was different. Your version is? My version was don't do crimes. Crimes. Because, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it sounded uh, it was off the cuff. And uh, also, you know, if you're a, a good criminal, I suppose you're doing lots of crimes, not just one crime, crime in the aggregate. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Part of our whole thing here is the con right. concept of crime. So uh, don't do crime or crimes. Well, I say don't do crime. Right. right. OK, so I I that's my ownership of that line. <laughs> You're both my, right. You're both right. That's massive right. change. From the, from the criminal defense attorney over here, he can, he can, he can speak don't on this. Don't do crime or crimes. Uh. Don't do a bunch of crimes. <laughs> Let's go do, do some crimes. No, no, no doing crimes. Oh, my goodness. Well, Owen, I will miss you. I wish you the very, very best. Thank you, Anna. Um, Lance, where, where, where can people find you on social media if they want to know more about you or they, you know, they need an attorney? <laughs> Uh, I'm a partner at Hamilton Clark, uh, Hamilton Clark, LLP.com, Instagram. What is my Instagram? I think it's, it's Lance that, underscore Lance ESQ. Clark Esquire. I know yeah. what your, I know what your Instagram is and I'll make sure that that stuff is, uh, is, there a you go. But yeah, there Lance you, Clark Esquire. you know, I just let, let it just live. Just go. Just let it be. Right. Just That's let right. it be. Yeah. I'm Anna G with one N. You can find me everywhere. We also, before we go, we want to thank our sponsor. A special thank you to HelloFresh for supporting this podcast and keeping me well fed. And you can find all our episodes of our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to our True Crime Daily channel on YouTube. And also, Owen started all of that as well. Owen, you're like this mega producer here. Um, thank you. I'm going to let you take us out, Owen. People, don't do crimes. <laughs> don't be a crook. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.